609, it's Mornings with Sue and Andy. The federal budget is promising $30 billion over five years to get child care costs across the country down to $10 a day. But there's one catch. As of right now, that money will only be given to publicly licensed day homes. We're joined now by Beverly Smith, a Calgary-based child care advocate who's been fighting for better services for over 20 years. She's here to discuss the proposed plan. Good morning to you, Beverly. Good morning. So you don't feel that this plan addresses the needs of all parents, is that correct? That's correct. It, it's called child care, which would make you think it's care of a child, but it's actually for daycare, and it's not for parents using any other care style. So, okay, this this doesn't address the needs then, you're saying. So w- w- can you give us a couple of examples maybe of what you think is wrong and, and what could be changed to make it better? Well, <clears throat> because it uh, doesn't uh, recognize the costs of care of anywhere but in a daycare, uh, you know, it ignores the parent at home, the, the dad at home, mother at home, uh, person at a home-based office, tag team parenting, grandma care, sitter care, nanny care. It ignores all of them. And uh, so it, I find that that's uh, problematic on a human rights level. It's not a question of whether or not daycare is good. It's a question of whether or not we're treated equally. And there are legal principles about equal benefit. So what I would propose is equal benefit. Give the money directly to the parents and then let them decide, okay, I'm going to pay daycare, I'm going to pay sitter, I'm going to offset some of my own costs to be home. Mm. So uh, I'm wondering, Beverly, would that be on a scale then? Because some people might not need a certain level of care or a certain number of hours. Would it be on a, you know, a, a per case basis or would it be a blanket payment and then the, the cash could be used however? Uh, all kids need 24-hour care. When they're little, I don't see a difference there. Um, the people should be flexible, allowed, flexibly allowed to choose how they arrange those 24 hours. And so, yeah, there's a flexibility there. But the funding should go, you know, universally to the parent because all kids are equal. Beverly, much has been made about this plan in terms of, you know, it's important to get women back to work or give them the option if they want to return to the workforce because they're the ones who are, you know, being left behind really is the gist of it all. So do you think that this plan that the government proposed in its budget this week, does it advance women's equality or would it moving forward? Well, it certainly advances the agenda that women should be outside the home having paid work. I'm working on the level of third third wave feminism, which is basically we're also supposed to recognize women already are working. They're working in the home. And this document is very clever because it talks about unpaid work, like it's so important as an anchor to the economy, and then suddenly it slaps in the face women who are doing it. And it says, you know, the care of a child is vital to the economy. It's an infrastructure. It's like bridges and roads. We really need it if it's done by a daycare worker. If it's done by a parent at home, it's useless. They are not productive. They're not part of the labor force. They're losing their skills. It even quotes a document that says that women's skills atrophy when they're at home. So that is an insult to women, and it is not defining work the way that is inclusive of women. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you want some specific changes. And we look at examples. The only real example we can see, well, close to home would be in Quebec with their $10 a day model. Are there other models across the globe that you've come across or have seen that that would be workable? Or is this uh, something that we're going to have to create from the ground up? Uh, well, I'm not recommending the Quebec model or the Swedish model. The Swedish model, eventually, they, for their universal program, had to raise their taxes so high that if you tally all their taxes, it's about 60% of income. The Norway model that tried it found it so costly, they eventually started to subsidize parents at home. And um, 
you know, there is there are models in in you know dictatorships which are you know putting the kids into large group care very early, and that's a problem for me in terms of you know the right to raise your child by your own values. So uh, those are not models I would recognize. They are models that the daycare movement likes. You know, they they seem to like those. But I would look more at the model of funding the child, which is being proposed by some U.S. senators. It's being proposed by the head of the Yukon Party. It's it was proposed by the ADQ in Quebec. The Stephen Harper government had a sort of similar thing. And in 1970, the Royal Commission on the Status of Women even said we should fund parents at home or if they're using daycare because we do, and it specifically says, so women do not have to work outside the home when their children are young. And again, that relates back to what you were saying earlier. You, The money should go directly to parents for them to decide what to do with it. That would be the model, yes. And this, this budget is a, one on a slippery slope down the road of always rewarding only paid work. Even maternity benefits are if you had paid work. Pension is if you had paid work. Everything is tied to paid work. And that is just an offense to women who are doing unpaid work. Have you heard from women who are in roles where they would like to go back to work but simply can't afford to because the cost of daycare is as much or more sometimes than what they might make in some of the lower-paid jobs where women end up? That is uh, not a large demographic. It's one we hear a lot about. Actually, there are a lot of... um empty spots in the daycares right now. They don't even have uh, as much business as they want. And so this is a big push by the labor unions to get more people, you know, pressured to use that daycare. I think the the, the people that I hear from are the people who do not want to be in paid work, who feel they don't have any choice, and they're very upset. In a free society, why can not they afford to be home with their child? Well, I guess the pandemic also throws a wrinkle in, Beverly, and that some people might even be working from home part-time but still might need some backups, still might, uh, might need some child care, but not full-time. Yes, and, and surely they, they should be able to arrange that. Maybe the grandma, maybe the neighbor, maybe an older sibling or a daycare, but we're not even giving them that choice. We're saying, yes, we must. they must go to daycare. Oh. Fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time, Beverly. Appreciate your perspective this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Beverly uh, Beverly Smith, and she's a child care advocate. And uh, you can actually get more information uh, at this website, equalityandcaregiving.org. And it's interesting because the province yesterday put out a release saying that the government here in Alberta is bringing together a new advisory group to help inform a long-term plan to support parents who are working or getting back to work.